What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What the Funk. And at the risk of being so cliche, it hurts. I actually wanted to bring you a little two-part series on goal setting for your health goals in 2024. Oh, that made me kind of want to vomit just a little bit saying that. Let's be real. Everybody does it. Every coach has their own take. But I wanted to bring you more of a unique uh I, what I think is a unique spin on it, especially coming from the mindset of somebody who is neurodivergent and has ADHD and has learned a lot about goal setting and how to achieve those goals over the course of time. And I feel like this might be really beneficial to you guys. So this is a two part series. So part one will be coming out and then part two will be coming out. I think just a few days after, um, if I'm looked at the calendar correctly. Uh, and I think it's important to know that I actually hate New Year's resolutions. <laughs> but I also can't deny uh, that a new year and a new week and a new month and all those sort of, it's the start of a new week. It's the start of the new month. It's the start of a new year does offer an opportunity to move into something new. However, where people kind of get lost is they want to set these big elaborate goals, but they don't really know why they're setting those goals. They set way too many and they set ones that don't even really matter, right? So wrapping up one thing and moving into a new one, like wrapping up the end of the year and moving into a new year really does present the opportunity for reflection if you take it again. Setting goals effectively, I believe, does require some level of reflection. Uh, otherwise, you're just like throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks, right? Um, you have to take the time to reflect. And so today is sort of what to do before you settle on your goals that you're going to achieve. Now, fun fact, this is something that I would actually recommend doing on a either monthly or quarterly basis because how you show up to certain things will determine what those goals end up being for the next few months. So I think it's kind of like good to look at the whole year and say, what is the pie in the sky? What would I want to accomplish? But then also be very realistic about what you can accomplish during the different seasons of your life. So for example, if you know you have a lot of travel coming up in certain months of the year, maybe not leaning so hard into goals that have you rooted in behaviors and things and routines that you have to do at home. So you have to consider those things. So let's get back into this. The first thing I would recommend you do is when you kind of think about what goals you want to set for yourself is, are you choosing these goals based on fact or based on feeling? A lot of times I see people after Christmas, that week between Christmas and New Year, where everybody's confused and full of cheese. If you haven't seen that floating around the internet, I'm sorry for you because it's kind of a funny and true statement. You're confused, you're full of cheese, and you feel disgusting because you treated the entire month of December and a big chunk of November like it was one big holiday. You consumed way too much sugar, way too much booze. And not that those things are inherently bad, 
but you probably were out of balance with your choices. So then post Christmas, you go, well, there's only like seven more days of the holiday season and I'll just like start fresh on January 1st, which January 1st is a Monday this year and it's quite nice. I love stationery and I love planners and the fact that all of my planners and monthly spreads and things like that start on like a Monday for 2024 makes me very, very happy. Anyway, I digress. So you feel so horrible that you set a insane goal to make yourself feel better about the fact that you treated yourself like a garbage can for the last five weeks. <laughs> like, And if you feel slightly called out because you've done this in the past, then you're in the right place. I hope you feel a little bit uncomfortable with what I just said, because if you don't feel a little uncomfortable with what I just said, you're probably going to quote unquote, balance yourself into continuing to lean too far into the side of indulgence and not actually take care of yourself. Now, I firmly believe that there are no bad foods or good foods. However, you can't argue with me and tell me that a sugar cookie has the same vitamin and mineral value as a vegetable. Like you can't argue with me on that one. That's just a fact. And what ends up happening is when we have too much of the things that lack nutrients and too little of the things that do is that's when we really start to have problems, not just from a lack of energy standpoint. They're the things that lack nutrients are probably higher calorie. And so you might be dealing with a little bit of extra weight gain through the holiday season, which I know a lot of people struggle with. Um, and you are likely not feeling fantastic. Um, what I end up dealing with when I sort of overindulge during the holidays is the way that my autoimmune disease reacts to either maybe one too many glasses of wine or a few too many pieces of pie is my hands and my wrists and my shoulders and my hips get very achy and my periods are awful. <laughs> and I deserve to feel good physically through the holidays. Like I don't deserve to feel like trash. Um, and then part of the issue with that is we face a lot of social pressure to eat and drink with abandon <laughs> say it's the holidays. It's one time a year, but if it's out one time a year, but I'm not enjoying it because I feel so miserable. I feel like my body is retaining water and I'm not sleeping well and I have headaches. I, that's not enjoyment to me. Like it's just not. So anyway, um, I'm also going to be sharing some mocktail recipes on my Instagram. So just keep an eye out for those. If you do follow me on IG, because I feel like alcohol plays a big role in it. And while I don't think that drinking or not drinking is morally better than not, um, there's no morality assigned to it. If you are somebody that's on a hormone health journey, or you are struggling with your digestive health, or you just got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, or you know, you have a chronic illness again, it's that, do you want to feel good during the holidays and actually enjoy the events and enjoy the time with the people and enjoy the memories? Or are you going to have to spend time overcoming putting your body through the ringer because it can't handle those things maybe as well as other people can. And that's, you have to play by a different set of rules. And if you don't, you feel like ass, like that's sort of a, you know, in order for me to maintain my health, I have to live by a different set of rules than somebody who doesn't have chronic disease or autoimmune disease. And that is just the way of the world. Like there is no getting around that. And if I digress from that, I feel like ass. So what I'm saying is a lot of people will set goals for the new year for their health because they feel so shitty that they want to shoot for something that's going to make them feel way less guilty. 
And that's going to assuage that the, that internal guilt that they have about not treating themselves well. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put that. So, um, if you start to find yourself doing that, you need to take a step back and check yourself and be like, I'm setting this based off of a feeling, not a fact. Okay. Now, the next thing I want you to do is now that you've kind of checked yourself a little bit, I want you to outline the things that you want to accomplish for your health, but not just list them arbitrarily. I want you to ask yourself some questions. How is this going to make your life better? How is it going to make you show up for work better? How is it going to make you a better partner, a better parent, a better friend? Is it going to make you better at a specific skill that you want to achieve? Um, do you involve yourself in a sport and you know that if you improve some area of your health, you're going to have better performance and recovery from that sport? Will not achieving this goal have a negative impact? This can maybe sometimes be said in the case of somebody who's dealing with either infertility or you're struggling with a lot of health issues underlying. Maybe you have PCOS. Maybe you have some kind of thyroid issue going on. Maybe you have some heavy gut issues going on. Is the, I'm going to lose 20 pounds actually going to have an impact? Because I can tell you right now, if you're having chronic bloating, shooting for a weight loss goal is probably going to make it worse, right? Is it, is that goal going to potentially have a negative impact? Maybe if you're struggling with fertility is putting your body through the stress of a calorie deficit really going to help you conceive, right? Is it going to make your life better or worse? Are you willing to be uncomfortable to achieve this goal? Oh my God, that's the biggest question that people don't ask themselves. And you have to be very honest about this. I have people that I've worked with that come through my program and then they leave because they're like, I wasn't ready to be as uncomfortable as I needed to be to do what I needed to do to see the progress that I wanted to see. And I'm like, I'm glad you realized that. Now you know that in order for you to see what you want to see, you have to get uncomfortable to the point where you can't live your life the same way that you loved it before. Going where you want to go often requires you to leave parts of your old life behind, your old behaviors, sometimes even old relationships. So are you willing to do what's very uncomfortable sometimes in order to achieve that goal. And sometimes you have to also ask yourself, what level of discomfort am I willing to tolerate in order to achieve said goal? Because there's levels to discomfort, right? There are things that people are maybe willing or not willing to do. And they're like, well, once I get here, I think I'll be okay. But like, I'm not willing to sacrifice anymore to further that goal. I'll give you guys an example. I did bodybuilding once upon a time. And I say that very loosely because I was not super competitive looking like I was lean, but I wasn't, I didn't have a fantastic physique and I had hired a coach and I was working with him and was starting to see really incredible results. Like my, my body was sort of like the best that it had ever been at that weight at that postseason. My thyroid health was coming back because he was also very well versed in hormones. And I quit working with him because I realized that I wasn't willing to be the level of uncomfortable that I needed to be to be successful and to be competitive in that space. And I had to shed that identity that I had held on to, but I was glad that I had to learn that lesson that in order for me to have reached the point that I would have potentially reached working with that coach, I would have had to given a lot of things up and change a lot about how I lived my life. And I wasn't willing to do that. And that's okay. Yeah, it's okay to have those realizations, but you have to ask yourself those questions. 
And then do you need to research or devise a plan or invest in support to reach said goal? If you don't know how to get there and you're not willing to do the time to research as part of your goal planning, because sometimes part of achieving a goal is learning more about the topic. Are you willing to either take the time to learn what you need to learn? Or are you willing to invest in somebody who already has the knowledge and the skill set to make it happen faster? Because you're either going to be costing yourself time or you're going to be costing yourself money if you lack a skill set or knowledge base to achieve a goal that you have set. There's a reason that I have mentors. There's a reason I have coaches. There's a reason that people hire me is because they're not willing to waste the time that it would take them to do all of the research and learning that I've already done for them to get where they want to go. They just want to know the information, know how it applies to their life. Because that's the other flip side of the coin is that you can get the information, but then you have to figure out how does this work in the context of my life? And that's another level of nuance that an expert would have that you might not. And it will take you not only the research, but the trial and error to figure it out. Or you hire somebody who is. So are you willing to invest the time to research if you need to devise a plan? Or do you need to hire an expert? And are you willing to do that? And are you willing to reprioritize your financial resources to do that? Right? A lot of people can hire me. A lot of people can afford what I do. They just maybe don't want to spend the money yet. And I've had that conversation with people. They're like, well, I can't afford it. And then like we're talking and I'm like, well, I see like you get your nails and your lashes done. Like, are you willing to like do some different lashes and maybe do press on nails for maybe eight to nine months to reallocate those resources? And then they're like, oh shit. Or I'm like, hey, how often are you door dashing? You know, every time you door dash, it's anywhere from like what, 15 to $25. And if they're doing that five or six times a week, that adds up, right? That adds up. So like if you're doing $60 of door dashing for, you know, once a week, that's like four different door dashes. And that's assuming that it's $15 and that's, so that's being conservative. So you're doing $60 a week. So that's at least $240 a month on DoorDash if you're door dashing four days a week and it's only $15. But like, let's say it's $25. That's $400 a month. That's enough money to hire a professional to help you figure something out in a lot of cases. That's enough money to hire me <laughs> to figure shit out, right? And can you reallocate and reprioritize those resources appropriately for a stretch of time in order to get where you want to go? And do you know how to objectively measure your progress in said goal? This goes back to the, are you setting goals based on feeling or based on fact? Do you know how to track the data points look at it objectively and reflect effectively enough to determine if what you did that week, that month was either helping or hindering your goal. And again, if you don't know how to objectively measure that progress, that's where you might need to consider investing in support for somebody who does know how to look at it objectively and measure that progress in order to determine, okay, what we're doing is working or we need to change a few things as we go. So for each goal you set, you need to ask those questions. How will this make your life better? How will not achieving this goal have a negative impact? How will working towards this goal potentially have a negative impact? Are you willing to be uncomfortable in order to achieve the goal? 
Do you have to devise a plan? And if so, are you willing to do the time and research or hire an expert? And do you know how to objectively measure your progress to evaluate and assess if what you're doing is effective or not? <laughs> I bet nobody's asked you those questions if you're goal setting before. <laughs> so now what you're going to do is you're going to take all those goals you outlined for yourself, all those things that you reflected on, and I'll leave those questions down in the show notes. So that way, you know, if you want to go take a screenshot, you're going to take all those goals you outlined for yourself and you're going to cut them in half. <laughs> Choose the ones that are going to be the most impactful to you over the next three months. So for example, I'm doing my own goal setting right now for 2024 and I have like eight specific areas that I really want to hone in on in 2024, but I'm not going to tackle all eight at once. I'm going to tackle like two starting in January. And once I kind of get those two like navigated, they're specifically for my mental and physical health. Um, as well as my, uh, so mental and physical health kind of going together in the same space because those two things impact each other, but also, uh, focusing on my physical space. So my home and physical space. So my focus initially in 2024 is going to be on me, my health and my physical space, because I know in the order of hierarchy of things that if I can focus on myself, my own emotional regulation, supporting through therapy, utilizing the practices that I learned therapy and really honing in on curating my physical space so that it's less overwhelming because it's kind of gotten overwhelming since the events of this last fall and my, you know, the trauma of losing my father, it's impacted my physical space. And I don't want that to continue to impact me mentally negatively because when my physical space is chaos, my brain is more chaotic. Um, on that's also going to tie into my physical health. Like a lot of people don't realize that if you have a messy home, it's much harder to take care of yourself from the perspective of eating well and exercising. Because if your kitchen is always a disaster, you're never going to want to cook meals and you're never going to want to meal prep, <laughs> right? That's a struggle that a lot of individuals with ADHD specifically have is they want to take care of themselves, but it's very overwhelming or they want to go to the gym, but they don't have any concept of how much time things are supposed to take. And so the process of getting ready, getting their stuff together, going to the gym, right? I've had to build in routines that they're not habit, but they take up a lot less space in my brain than they used to. I have routines that make it so that I can get to the gym early in the morning on time. So I have like a list of five or six things that I check off nightly like setting out my clothes before, putting together my food, packing my backpack, stuff like that, that make sure that I, that I am able to get out of bed, get ready, eat my breakfast and move forward in the day. So again, I'm looking at what are the things that are going to have the most impact in the next three to six months. And also consider which are the foundational goals to the other ones that you want to set. It's like people, for example, you know, even with finances, people want to you have to learn about your money and then you have to budget your money and then you have to grow your money. People want to go straight to budgeting, but they don't know how to budget because they don't know exactly where their spending is going, right? So you have to sort of crawl, walk, run. Same goes for your goals. If you're looking at this array of goals that you have, you have to look at it and go, okay, which goal is walking, which goals are, or which goals are crawling that I have to learn how to do first. And then which ones are walking, which ones are running and prioritize them in order of importance. And that's the way that you'll tackle them. So you'll pick maybe two or three things to focus on at a time, knowing that you have other things that you want to be doing, but knowing that if you do these things first and you master them, or at least relegate them to a place in your life where it takes less energy to act on those changed behaviors and routines, then it will be easier to move on to sort of the next set of things in another three to four months. Okay. With those goals, ask yourself, where do I want to be in three months and in six months? Who is the person that shows up with these goals? Envision them, 
brainstorm how they move throughout their day, throughout their week, throughout their month. Does this person pack their lunches the night before? Do they set out their gym clothes, right? For example, if I want to be the person that gets up and goes to the gym at six o'clock in the morning, four days a week, I have to be the person who packs their lunch and preps their breakfast and sets out their clothes the night before. There's no alternative for me. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Do they read a book before bed instead of mindlessly scrolling? Again, I'm kind of using myself as an example and even some of my clients too, because like a lot of people, I want to get up and go to the gym in the morning, but what they do before bed is trash. They're mindlessly scrolling on TikTok right before they go to sleep. They sleep like shit. So they wake up in the morning, their alarm goes off. They don't want to get out of bed. They're making it that much harder for themselves because their sleep is trash. Anyway, I digress. Do they drink water with electrolytes when they wake up instead of drinking coffee? Do they stop for fast food on the way home or did they put a meal in the crock pot before they left for work that morning? What are the actual tangible steps that the person that you want to be takes in order to make those goals appear? And you'll notice that I'm talking a lot about behaviors because a lot of goal setting can be done, especially if we focus on the behaviors that get you there, right? The goal is sort of the outcome, but it's the behaviors that you have to focus on. Again, I always talk about you have to refine the process in order to get the outcome. So if you're only focused on the outcome and you're not focusing on what the process looks like, you're going to fall short every single time. And you're going to wonder why you can't make those changes. So now that you've kind of done all of this, I want you to take a day or two and I just want you to sit on everything that you reflected on. I don't want you to do anything with it. I just want you to sit because I want you to think about if what you decided was effective if it really is something that you feel is aligned with yourself or it's something you're doing that you feel because somebody else wants you to do. And I want you to take a sleep or three and then revisit these notes later. All right, part two is gonna be very much more about uh, how to do it and how to be realistic. So now that you kind of identified your goals, why they're important, what you're gonna do, um, what, what the person who achieves these goals looks like. We're going to talk about how to actually put them into place moving forward and give you some considerations for how to track that information and how to use that information to inform your decisions moving forward. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk with you later. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time. Just a quick disclaimer for the information found in the What the Funk podcast. I am not a licensed medical professional, mental health professional, or registered dietitian. The advice and recommendations given out on this channel and on this podcast are not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition or mental health condition. If you do think you have a medical condition, please speak with your medical provider. Please consult your medical provider before implementing any kind of supplement regimen or exercise regimen or nutrition regimen into your lifestyle, as well as be aware that listening to this podcast does not constitute a coach-client relationship. Thank you guys so much.